Thank you, Ron. At first glance, today's text is a nice story about a miracle worker situated within a gospel chapter full of the same. In Luke chapter 8 alone, Jesus calms the waves, frees a man possessed, heals a hemorrhaging woman, and raises a child from the dead. All miracles, all important as Luke tries to help us understand who this Jesus is. Miracle stories are the gospel in miniature, as James James M. Thompson writes, because they portray Jesus' power to rescue lives from misery. Miracle stories share a common template. There's a diagnosis of a malady and a cry of distress, Jesus' healing response, and the restoration of the tormented one to wholeness and community. But unlike other healing miracles, today's text is no simple exorcism. This is the most dramatic of all the healing texts in which Jesus encounters a legion of demons, not merely one. In addition, he sends them into a herd of swine as proof of the exorcism, something he does nowhere else. The drama in this text is evident right from the off. It begins, Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. From the first words, we know that this is Gentile territory, which the text calls opposite Galilee. As he stepped off the lake, a man the text calls demon-possessed comes to meet Jesus. He is naked, he is a Gentile, he is possessed, and he lives among the dead, all of which would mark him as unclean to a Jew like Jesus. Yet the text speaks to the ways Jesus intentionally confronts what is opposite, bringing healing and restoration to Jews and Gentiles alike. Then the man speaks. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Notice how Jesus doesn't ask the man if he wants to be healed. He simply knows he has a skill set to match the man's need, and he meets it. He commands the spirits to leave the man. But why does the man say, do not torment me? Is that the man or the demon speaking? It's impossible to know, but I think the question itself illustrates something about most of us. We often speak out of our pain, parts of us that seem irredeemable, hopeless, and lost. Our addictions, secret vices, troubled pasts, and trauma histories, those are the things that keep us chained. We hardly know where the pain ends and we begin. Yet Jesus offers God's healing and liberating love to people whose lives are bound by forces beyond their control. I love the question the man or the demon asks, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? It is a question we must consider for ourselves and often. The power of God can be difficult to comprehend, especially in the context of ordinary life. Yet it has the power to transform our lives. In this text, 
Demons fear it. Neighbors don't know what to do with it. And the author of Luke's gospel asks us to reckon with it. The text continues. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let him enter those. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. After Jesus orders the demon out and the man begs Jesus not to torment him, Jesus asks the man his name. Again, we don't know whether the man or the demon responded, but either way, it is clear that the man is put upon by many forces, for he responds that his name is Legion. I was struck by the multiple layers of truth in that answer. The man is so beset by problems that he doesn't even respond to a most basic question about his identity with the name his mama gave him. The demon called Legion answers for him, I think. On a macro level, I think the name Legion reminds us of the myriad persons who experience similar pressures, who are haunted by a traumatic past for which this unnamed man is but a single representative. The Reverend Judith Jones writes, how many live unsheltered and inadequately clothed because of social and economic forces they cannot overcome no matter how hard they try. How many are imprisoned, regarded as barely human, excluded and cast out? How many are enslaved by addictions, no longer knowing where the addiction ends and they begin? Where do the governing authorities separate people from their families, denying them the opportunity to seek better lives? Where do occupying armies still brutalize entire communities and hold them captive to fear? These are the places Legion maintains a tight grip on our world. The text continues. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then the people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. The swineherds were witnesses to the miracle of redemption. They ran and told of it far and wide. When the people who had heard came to see the man, they found him clothed and docile and sitting at the feet of Jesus. The demons that had possessed the man were not simply sent away, they were utterly destroyed. Instead of rejoicing with the man, they experienced fear. How ironic that demons accepted Jesus' authority before the Gerasenes. One would think they would fear the Son of the Most High God more than the demons that had harassed the man for so long. But at this evidence of God's power, instead, they trembled. The people's response to their fear was curious. The text says, Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. 
So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. When we encounter the presence of God and the confusion of our pain, we are faced with a similar problem. Sometimes our human instincts drive us away from the healing power of God. There in front of the people was plain evidence of God's power, yet they asked Jesus to take his leave. And it makes sense on many levels. First, Jesus had cost them something dear. Wherever the gospel comes, it will bring upheaval and set in motion forces that will disrupt economic and social arrangements. The good news is good news first for people who are poor, marginalized, and oppressed. And every town has its garrisons. As followers of Jesus, we are called to take God's healing and liberating love to all broken and desolate places, here and afar, to those whose lives are bound by forces they cannot control. In asking Jesus to leave, they forfeit any opportunity to benefit further from his power in their midst. What has the Son of the Most High God to do with them? Nothing, if the onlookers have anything to say about it. Again, we hear from the Reverend Judith Jones. Jesus comes to challenge and cast out every power that prevents us from living fully and freely as human beings created in God's image. Jesus claims sovereignty not just over our souls, but over our lives here on earth. Many among us resist that news, finding deliverance from legion too frightening, too demanding, too costly. But those whom Jesus has healed and freed know that his liberating love is indeed good news. Still today, God is at work in Jesus, bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Today and every day, we are faced with the same question. What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? We can act like the people who respond in fear and loathing, begging Jesus to leave us alone so we can go back to our lives. Or we can act like the man Jesus healed, whose life was so changed that he became the first missionary to the Gentiles. What has Jesus, son of the most high God, to do with us, friends? Only we can decide. Amen.